Woo, mercy, Lord. Remember I was talking to you a couple of weeks, and I, asked, I was asked this question. This is really how, so I want to ask me how I related to and connected with God. Remember that? That was the question, and I realized I couldn't answer the question without giving some religious thing. And I didn't want to give I wanted to give a real answer, so I had to really think about how do I really, really relate to God? How do, what is my relationship like with God? What, what, what is real? And so that's a good question we all should be asking ourselves. And I've been trying to provoke that in all of us because God wants a relationship with us, and He wants us to think about that most important relationship. So that's sort of what I wanted to talk just a little bit about this morning. Plus Christmas. Everybody like Christmas? Who in here does not like Christmas? Kathy, you can slap him later. You have permission. I like Christmas. Now, Becky says I like Christmas because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I just enjoy enjoy the fun, you know. And again, I'm telling you, buying Christmas presents is great these days because of the internet. You don't got to go. You only have to go to the store. Just get on the internet, pick out what you want, buy it. They'll deliver it right to your door. You know, so you don't even have to go Christmas, unless you like to go Christmas shopping. <laughs> have you? No, I don't. I haven't lost nothing, man. You need to, you need to get that uh, attraction on you. So, but, but I want to let me read this verse to you, and talk about it just a minute. Behold, the, this is Matthew one twenty three. This is the Christmas verse. This is an awesome Christmas verse. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which... Now, this is awesome, because sometimes in the Scripture, they will tell you in the Scripture what a word means. In other words, it's so important that you get it. They don't want to trust preachers, and they're trying to tell you what the... This is what the Greek means for Emmanuel. They just go ahead and do it. God just... Let's go ahead and clear this up. You need to know what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. Now, that's a power... That's really... The revelation that God wants us to have, that's really can profoundly change our life if we begin to see it right. Okay, and that's sort of sort of what I want to say. Uh, here's my view, okay. I've been a Christian for a pretty good while now, you know, almost 40 years. Okay, so I've had an opportunity to really look at the church for a long time and see what God was doing in church. What, this is what I really see. I see God transforming the church. I see a lot of change happening in the, in the church, in the body of Christ. Okay, I see the, ch- the church really is not what it used to be. It's, it's in a process of change. Now, I will admit to you, some of that change is cosmetic. Okay, some of it was just outward change. But you know what? That's okay. You know, that really is okay. There's nothing wrong with that because, you know, probably most people in this room... Uh, remodel their house occasionally, you know, put new paint on the wall, maybe buy a new chair or something to stick in the living room to make it look a little different because what you had doesn't, doesn't look anymore. Most of us get new uh, clothes occasionally and new styles. Some of us don't have the same hairstyle we had in the 70s because you've sort of modernized yourself and updated. You, you wouldn't, can you imagine me that if I had the same hairstyle that I had back in the 70s when I used to have really long hair? Can you imagine me walking around with real long, stringy hair, bald-headed? Now, you think that would be just ugly? Well, I figure I need to change my look to fit with what's reality for me now, so you just take it off. 
And so that's, that's just sort of the way it is with the church in some ways. But there's other changes that God is working in the church that I have seen that are, that are major from the 70s. Okay, and, and from what I understand, even before that, there's, there's major significant changes that God is doing. I would like to see Him move faster. I wish the changes would be accelerated, but I'm not in charge of the, of the, of the clock. But I do know that God is making change, and He's, he's at work changing. Uh, one of the things that, what I, this is what I perceive, and this is, this is my perspective. Back in the 70s, there's two scriptures. Both of them say the same exact thing. Matthew 3, 2, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was John the Baptist that said that in Matthew 3, 2. Jesus said the exact same thing in Matthew 4, 17. Exact words. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But I promise you, there's a world of difference between what Jesus said and what John said one chapter earlier. And, and let me just sort of explain to you. This is what John was an Old Testament prophet. He was the last one. He was not a New Testament prophet. He was an Old Testament prophet. He was the end of the era. And he was announcing the new thing that was coming in, the new revelation that was coming in. So when he, when he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, this is what he this is what wrote on those words. You better change or you're going to be in trouble. You better stop doing what you're doing or you're in trouble. Okay, and that's really what sort of the, that message has is carried a long ways. Well, here's how Jesus. This is Jesus' version of that. Hey, change your mind because there's something better. Now, there's a big difference between those two, two ways of approaching Christianity. Change your mind because there's something better, versus you just need to stop doing what you're doing or you're going to be in trouble. And see what happened back in the '70s. Our version, we had that repent. That we had the, there was the bite that was associated with repentance. Okay, there was a bite. And so that was how sort of Christianity was approached, at least from my perspective, and how we related to God and how we saw God back in those days. More like God was, was the daddy when it was time to go to bed that would stand at the door and listen in to make sure you weren't in there jabbering and doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. And if you were, he was coming in there with a belt to whip you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, that was sort of the version of Christianity that we listened to that was imparted to us in, in, in what was going on in the church world back in those days. What was, was sometimes, I think sometimes around the 90s, God began to reveal Himself in a different way to the church. And this is sort of it was. Hey, you can't sleep, I'll crawl in bed with you. I'll get in bed with you and help you sleep. And if that don't work, we'll go outside and lay on the lawn and look up at the stars and talk about them until you fall asleep. And that's a big difference. And see, God, God that's, see, that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to bring the, the body of Christ. He's trying to bring the church into something new, into a new revelation of Himself. Back in the uh, uh, 1570s, there was the Great Reformation by Martin Luther. And he came up with this awesome revelation. This is what the revelation was. Salvation by faith. Did you know that people went for hundreds of years thinking the way they were saved is they were crawling on their knees, they were begging God, they were having to do all these things to be made worthy. And this one man came up with this one revelation that changed everything. And it was a radical revelation. As radical as that, like, that's radical? That's always been in the Bible, right? But see, it hasn't always been a revealed truth because, see, we lost truth. Okay, somewhere something happened with the church lost truth. The church went into a darkness. 
And so, so every generation, God is trying to restore truth back to us, okay, and bring us back to the original plan that He had for mankind. Did you know this? I got, somebody sent me a note recently. They heard a guy speak about, and they talked about Martin Luther, and they said, Byron, this can't be true. This guy has said Martin Luther hated the Jews. How could Martin Luther hate the Jews? Is that true? That can't be. Absolutely, it was the truth. Martin Luther did not have a revelation about Israel. Isn't that crazy? But you see, since then, there's been a revelation about Israel being imparted to the church. And we know that the church, you know, that, that Jews, the Jewish state, the Jewish people are very important in God's plan and God's heart. But in Martin Luther's day and before, they weren't. They were despised, they were hated. So, so you see what I'm saying to you is how God begins to just restore things and restore things and restore things and restore things. And we begin to know God in a different way. The tragedy, I think, about my generation is this. A lot of people in my generation are still stuck in that repent, God's going to bite you revelation. Okay? And when you begin to look around at the United States of America you realize part of what our, I believe the issue with, with the message that we've preached, the message that has been on our watch, okay, has not helped our nation. Something's wrong with our revelation. That's just my perspective. Something's wrong with our revelation. And we've committed, because we've seen God and known God as a God that's hard, a God that's difficult, and the God that has that bite. And, and so we've communicated that same thing to the world, and the world's afraid of God. They're scared of God, and I don't blame them. I'm scared of a God like that. But God doesn't want us to be scared of Him like that. God wants us to see Him different. So what God's trying to do is bring us into a greater revelation of Himself. Okay? Y'all just sitting there looking at me. Alrighty, and, and so that's really when we begin to talk about knowing God and seeing God different. Let me read this scripture here to you. Um, it's Ezra three, twelve through thirteen. Hey, I figured out something while we're looking up that scripture. I was telling Becky this this morning. This, you know, we spend a lot of energy trying to do things spiritually. You ever you ever notice that? You know, and you just get just wrapped up tight in, on the inside about, you know, doing, serving God. Does anybody else fall to that prey? Well, I was thinking about it this morning. When I go on a mission trip, you don't have any time to do that. It's like, well, you know what? You better, when you walk in the door, you are what you are, you got what you got. It, it's too late. You know what I'm saying? It's just too late. So you're just like, it doesn't matter. It's too late. I'm stuck. I can't do anything. I'm not going to get any revelation. My revelation is, God, please speak through me. You know? I think God wants to get us to that place. It's a place of rest where we're not trying. We're allowing God to move through us. And God moves better through you. I was wondering, why does God move better through you when you're not at home than when you're at home? I think a lot of it has to do with us trying too hard. All right. Okay, come on. Ezra 3, 12 through 13. Now, this is a powerful scripture. Think about it like this. There was a temple built by Solomon, okay, that was the most glorious place on the earth. In fact, it was the place where when they dedicated this beautiful, beautiful temple, God's presence was so powerful in there that the priests could not even stand in there to minister before the Lord. 
In fact, you know, we talk about people being slain in the Spirit. Those people were probably, I don't even know if they even had a chance to get slain in the Spirit. They were probably running because the presence of God was so thick and so frightening. You know, that's how powerful this temple that was built was. Well, this, what happened, as some of you might know, is over the period of time, the glory <laughs> was gone. Israel was defeated. That temple was torn down, and all the gold and silver and all the wonderful things was given into the Babylonian Empire. And so they went into exile. They came out of exile, what, 70 years? 70 years they were in exile. Then they came back into the land, and they began to build a new temple. Okay? I just took you through a lot of Israel's history real fast. And so they had just laid the foundation of this temple. That's all they had done. They hadn't put one, nothing went up. It was just how our foundations were in those days. That's all it was. And they had a meeting around this foundation. And it says, Many of the priests and Levites and heads of the Father's house, old men who had seen the first temple, that's the, that's the old generation of people that had been there and saw that glory. Some of them may have actually been. I don't know if they had or not, because they could have been real old, but who knows. What if there was somebody that they actually saw that glory? What if they were actually there that day, and they went through all this stuff, and now they're building this new temple, and they had this foundation laid, uh, and it says they wept with a loud voice when the foundation of the temple was laid before their eyes. They wept with a loud voice. Now, I was saying about why did they weep? Why did, were they weeping because what they saw coming up would never be as good as what was in their past? It would never measure up to the glory of their past. Is that why they wept? Or maybe... Maybe it was men, old men, who saw for the first time in a long time, they saw hope for their nation. They saw God doing something for their nation. Maybe they weren't stuck in what God did, but they saw something new. They saw something alive. They saw something fresh. And they were weeping over what God It was a good weeping. It was a joyous weeping. I bet there was probably a mix. There was probably some old men that were hardened and were weeping because this is not the way it was. This will never be the way it was. It can never be that good. But there may have been some old men who were weeping because these old men had found God, not just in what, how God was, but they had found God in the way God is. Because the only way we can found God in what He was was in our minds. It's, it just, it's history. Because He's revealed Himself more. He's revealed different things about Himself. And He wants us to know Him today, the way He is today. I promise you, if you read the Bible, when God reveals Himself to people, and however He really, because He reveals Himself in the Bible in lots of ways, that's the way He wants you and I to know Him. It's the way He's revealing Himself. I used to think for years that when... Jesus revealed himself as a gardener to Mary. Remember that in Matthew, after his resurrection, Mary supposed him to be a gardener. I just thought, well, that's just how God does. You know, God disguises himself. God, you know, 
comes in different ways so we won't know as God. But I don't believe that anymore. I believe God was making a, a tremendous statement about Himself. And this is what the statement was. The, the gardener in the garden. That's what He was saying. I'm bringing, I'm restoring the garden of God back to earth. And the original gardener, the gardener that walked in the cool of day with man... That's what I'm trying to reveal to you. That's what I'm trying to reveal to all mankind is I'm going to restore everything back to the garden, to the garden of God, to the garden of God where man had this relationship with God and live with God. Y'all believe that? Here's the thing. This is sort of a side note, but this is very interesting. Did you know that time... We measure, in our minds, we measure time linearly, you know, like, like a straight line, right? But did you know that time is not actually measured that way? Time is not linear. Look at that clock back there. Forget your digital watch. That clock is round. Time, see, see that's how God thinks. He thinks circular. In other words, the end and the beginning are the same of God. Did y'all know that? The end and the beginning are the same with God. The end and the beginning are the same. The end and the beginning of that clock is the same. See, there's no end or beginning with it. It's just going around. It's, it's cycles. You know, it's just a rotation of the earth. That's what it is. It's one rotation of the earth. The earth one year is just one revolution of the earth around the sun. Everything is created that way. Because that's how God thinks. Try to think circularly. It's hard to do. I'll admit it's very hard to do. But that's how, that's how Hebrews, that's a Hebrew way of thinking. And you see, God, that's how God, because I was saying, God, how do you think? How, I want to know how you think. Show me how you think. And I sort of discovered this circular type thinking that God has. And this is the truth. He really is trying to bring everything back to the beginning. So anything that we think is new is really old. You know, when we talk about something like, well, that's an old revelation, well, actually what we're getting now is even older because he's, he's moving us back in time, moving us back to this place called the garden and what all that meant and what he had for us then. That's, that's profound to me. And that's why Martin Luther did not have a revelation about Israel. But when a few, uh, whenever it came into the church, this was, it was down the road, they even got something older. There's something that was even on God's heart more, even though all that was written in the Scripture. Is this helping y'all any? I mean, this, this is how God wants to bring us into something new. Okay, let me finish this. Y'all freaking me out. <laughs> okay? The old men were weeping, but many shouted aloud for joy. Boy, we're just figging, figging, fitting in with this crowd, aren't we? All right, I've told y'all this many times. I've got to tell you one more time. This guy <laughs> used to come on Wednesday night some, okay? And so I said, hey, why don't you come on Sunday sometimes? He said, well, t- there's two reasons I don't, wouldn't, would not come to this church on Sunday. The first one is this. They actually preach at my, son- my church on Sundays. <laughs> Second is, I cannot stand all this screaming in church. Y'all were just way too loud. That's what he said to me. I thought, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of loud. Y'all, act, they actually preach in my church on Sundays. 
That's why you say it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I was telling Jim the other day, every, everything I've ever read on preaching, I need to quit. It's like after reading that, I can't preach. These people, you know, I finally read one that actually thought, wow, this is good. I've got to give this all to all the preachers because it, it sort of helps you. Like, I can actually get in the door on, with these guys, you know. So the people, yet everybody was shouting, so the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud voice, and the sound was heard afar off. And so that's really what God does. That's, that's how these generations work, okay? You see, God's a generational God, okay? And, and my generation knew God in a certain way. We connected with God in a certain way. But here's what I want to say to everybody in my generation. God is not revealing Himself like that no more. God is done revealing Himself like that. And if all we have is that, then we are missing what, how God's revealing Himself now. He's revealing Himself different. We had that old bite, repent word. I, the generation under us, they've got some of that still under them. They picked that. We sort of, you know, passed that down to them. But then there's another generation that I'm seeing that's younger people. They got some, I'm hearing they've got something to say, even as young people, because they've got this thing in them that's how God is trying to show Himself today. It's something different. It's like another revelation that, that, that He's trying to bring forth that's not got that mixture in it. And I'll tell you something. You know, there's a scripture, a little child shall lead them. The day will come when a little child will lead us. Literally, the little child will lead us into the presence of God. And see, what we've got to begin to come, what, what me and what my generation really needs to do, we need to start bowing and asking God really to really help us see how He's revealing Himself today and how He wants us to know Him today. Or we're going we're we're to miss what He's really doing. Listen to this. Are you all okay? Matthew 5.39, this, this is what Jesus said. No one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new. He, for he says the old is better. That's just the way human nature is. That's what Jesus said. That's just the way people are. They, they will refuse the new wine because they like the, the old better. Okay? They just, the old's better. That's, we'll stick with that. But here's what the Lord's saying. I'm not serving old wine. No more. I'm serving new wine. I got a new wine I want to serve. And I want you to drink that new wine. Forget that, oh, we'll just stick it down in the wine cellar. We'll have it. If every once in a while we want to pull a bottle of that out, <laughs> we will, just for old time's sake. But this is the wine I'm serving now. I've got a whole new revelation I want to release of myself in the earth. Are you all okay? So this is what happened to me. I wanted to tell you I was telling Becky this. This, I was telling you, the last five years of my life have been the best because of this, the Holy Spirit River. Okay? And this is what happened when the Holy Spirit River came. God said, I've got a whole new operating system. He showed me that one. I've got a whole new operating system. Do you want this new operating system? That's what he said to me. Do you want this new operating system? You know what an operating system is? Your computer. Like God's smart. He talks to you in a day's language. How many people in here are using Windows 98 on their computer? They ain't never, you don't count, because you didn't even know what Feast of Lights were. You need to talk to your daddy. <laughs> well, this is what happened to us with one of our computers here in the church. We put old software 
accounting software on this computer, okay, and it that had new version of stuff, and it started acting really weird. I mean, really weird. And so we and I got nervous because that's all your accounting information. I called the guy, and he said, "Well, you know what you've got to do is you got to get the latest version of software because that thing it could crash that computer." And so that's what we did. You know, we got the latest version. And so here's what happened. is the Lord downloaded these manuals to me. Okay? That's what I saw. All these manuals coming into my spirit. And they were like God to the operating uh, system of today that God has to he, how he wants us to operate. Okay? And for five years, I've been working my way through those manuals in my heart. Those manuals are real manuals. They are available for people to get those manuals and begin to learn how the new ways that God is functioning, how God is revealing Himself, how God He wants people to connect with Him, and how we see Him and know Him. See, a lot of people on the earth re- reject the Holy Spirit River. I'm going to be honest with you. That river is still going on with me today just as much as the first day it ever came into this church. I have a person, when I was talking about a, 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 a a secret life with God. You know what my secret life with God is? It's that river. Because Psalm 1 says, He who's planted by a river. Okay? That's what it says. He who's planted by a river. See, I decided in my life, you know what? I don't care what everybody else does. I don't care what anybody in the world does. I don't care what the church does. I'll tell you one thing I am personally going to do. I'm going to plant myself by this river. I'm going to plant myself out because I know this river is real. I've seen it. I've felt it. I've been in it. I'm going to plant myself there, and I'm never going to leave it, no matter what. I don't care if I never go anywhere else in the world where it's not there. It's with me. Do you, you understand what I'm saying to you? That was a personal decision I made in my heart. So you know what? People were like, well, the river's not moving. I'm thinking, well, it may not be moving in a corporate sense, but doggone, you come to my house sometimes. I will invite you over to when I'm being with my private life, Lord, and you can really get into that river. And, and spend some time with God in that river. Because that river is alive because Psalm 1 says, He who plants himself by a river. What well, else it talks about being, being prospered by the Lord. In my, in my spirit, man, I've prospered like never before. But you know what I had to do there? I had to let go of what was. I had to let go of, 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 of what I had, was taught, my revelation, my theology, all that I had to put it down to really get that. Now, I will admit this to you. This is not something that happens. This is a process. You know, it's like sitting down and reading a bunch of manuals, computer manuals, like, God, I've got to work through all this. Yeah, <laughs> you get to work through all this. So, is, are y'all okay? You don't act like it. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you about this. The Holy Spirit's moving. The Holy Spirit's alive. The, 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 the heavenly places are alive. God has restored things. Or he's restored a revelation of the Father's heart. All this stuff talking about the Father's living, that's a real revelation. That is something you've got to go after in your life. That's, that's how God wants the church to be, or at least this church, his living room. He wants people to come to the front door of his house. I, I tell you, I saw this thing. This is what the Lord told me one time. I didn't bring you in the back door. I didn't bring you in the side door. I brought you in the front door where everybody could see Byron Wicker. You're walking through the front door of my house because I am not ashamed of nobody. And you have a place here. 
And that's, that's what he wants people to know. He, that he wants to get people to get that revelation that they can walk into that house and they belong there. It's a powerful revelation. The, the powerful revelation of a life of grace, of living a life of grace. That's a pretty powerful. Hey, the powerful revelation of the mystic realm of God. Isn't that a power? The mystic realm of God. Remember a couple weeks ago I told you what a mystic was? That means you're a mystic because you believe in something supernatural. That's the death. There's a mystic realm that God is releasing into the earth now that He's never released before except at the very start. He's getting us back to that place. And, there's, and we can begin to really access the spiritual world. Because God is saying, this is the time for that. You can, you can say, people can sell this stuff, and they can you know, write it off, and they can look at all the people out there that's, that's extremists and all that. But uh, who cares about that? You know, who cares? We can, if we can't have it in church, guess where we can have it at? You can have, that's why I said, go have your private time with God. If they won't do it at church, go do it at home. Visit with angels at home. Do it at home. Live it at home. Live it in your life. That's really what God is doing in the earth today. He wants His people to be able to begin to live like He created them to live back in the day. Isn't that awesome? All right, here's the thing. Emmanuel. God is with us. Now, this is, this is one of the things out of the manual. Is living your life like God is with you. I mean, Literally. Now, back in the 70s, I didn't really like that revelation because it meant I'm in trouble because I'm doing bad stuff constantly. I'm thinking bad stuff constantly, and God's with me. I'm not going to be able to get away with nothing. He's mad all the time at me. We were with Bob Jones the other day, the same thing. And he said, God is eavesdropping on people now, their conversation. And there was this joy that rose up in me when he said that. It was like, hot dog. God is interested in what I'm saying. God wants to hear what I'm saying. He wants to join the conversation. He wants to be... In the 70s, I thought, oh no, what's going to happen? Lightning is going to fall down on me because I've said some bad things and He's heard me. I don't think that way no more. God wants us to think. God is with us. Oh no, this is awesome. God is with me. So I'm having an argument with my wife. God's with me. He's going to give me grace to humble myself and not run over her or try to like you could run over her, you know. It ain't going to happen. It's an unwinnable fight. Just give up. See, Becky's always giving me credit for like, well, Byron, she's told me, well, he will always come and try to make it right. You know why? Because she won't. I know she won't. She will never. It's like either do either your daughter. It's not going to happen. That's my revelation because she don't lose fights. She don't know that about herself, but she has never lost one fight that we've had. I've lost them all. She, she's an undefeated record. So I'm just saying it was no virtue on my part just saying, Honey, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to make the... It was because we ain't going to have a marriage if I don't. She's going to be mad at me for the rest of my life. She has the heart of a champion. She's a winner. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just messing around, kind of. But there's a practice... There's a real practicality of living your life and believing that you're in the presence of God and God's presence is with you. You can be at work and begin to like, well, God's here. God's in what I'm doing. 
And these thoughts can start coming to your mind that are from God to do your job. I mean, it's just your whole life can change by seeing God in your life and seeing Him with you. With you because He's for you. With you because He enjoys you. With you because He wants to be with you. With you because He loves you. Now, that doesn't mean things are not going to be bad, but it's just nice to know that God's walking this thing through with me. And even when I'm messing up, He's still right there saying, yeah, you know, we don't have to do it that way. You know, you don't have to mess up like that. It's okay, though. We're going to get through this. This is what somebody told me, Byron. This is what the throne of grace is like. Okay? You know, the throne of grace is this, like we might find mercy and grace for help in time of need. The throne of grace is like this. You can always go to the throne room. Always. Anybody can. Forever. We all have access to the throne of grace. Okay? Because we're His children. He said, and even and more so when you mess up, because this is what happens when you mess up. You go to the throne of grace and you crawl up on the lap of God and say, and, and say hey, I've messed up. Can we talk about it? And he talks to you about how you messed up. Like, yeah, you did mess up. And here's how you can do it next time where you don't mess up. Now, when you begin to think that way, you think about God in a different way. Okay? And when you begin to think about God in a different way, the way you communicate to other people about God is going to be different. It's going to be that. And I think that's what I love about what I'm seeing with, with young people is because they are, are putting a challenge out. Because they're seeing God in a way that my generation hasn't seen Him. But it's God. And He's trying to talk to us. He's really trying to talk to us. He's trying to say, listen, there's something greater for you. There's something more from you. So, you know, Emmanuel is not just a great Christmas thought about a baby being born and, you know, Jesus living 33 years here. It's not that. Something. What about peace on earth and goodwill towards men? You know, what happened to that? I mean, I mean, honestly, what happened to that Lord in the church? Well, that's what he's trying to bring us back to. Peace on earth. Peace in your life. And goodwill towards people. And goodwill towards you. I mean, come on. Is that not what God wants us to know Him? Peace. You know, we got peace. There's peace between us. There's no war between us. I got goodwill towards you. You can serve me without fear. Wasn't that one of the things he said? You, can, you don't have to be afraid. You can serve me without fear. That means you don't have to be afraid of me. You don't have to be afraid of anything. You can go out and step out there and things I've caused you and not be afraid about it. Because I'm going to be right out there with you. Boy, when we begin to see that and think about that and act like that, our lives can really change. They really can change. Because we're changed, the Bible says, what 2 Corinthians 3.18, what we look at, we behold, behold as a mirror the glory of the Lord as in a mirror but then face to face. In other words, we are being changed by what we're put, putting our eyes upon. How we see God is going to change who we are and change how we think. Amen? All righty. You can only give away what you got, right? Anybody would like to have these manuals? Anybody? Anybody interested in the manuals? Say, so this is the way we're going to end. Five minutes early. <laughs> If you'll come up here, Becky and I, you just put your hand out, we'll, we'll give you the old high five. This is what's going to happen. 
I believe this is all right. God gave it to me, simple, simple one night, sitting right there on that stage. He offered me those manuals. This is the way it was. Okay, I'm taking that, Lord. I receive it. They, I think nothing happened. Nothing glorious happened at that moment. But I got them. I got the manuals. I've been in the manuals. They're in my spirit. They're part of me right now. And I'm living out of them. I'm finding out what those manuals are, what's written on those manuals. I'm living from those manuals. And guess what? Every once in a while there's, you know, like, what, say like, let's call this version 5.0 since it's a grace revelation. Every once in a while there's a 5.1 that comes out from heaven. Hey, 5.1's available. You want it? Absolutely. I'll take 5.1. I may have 5.5 by now. I think every year he throws out a little new version. Okay. Another, you know, upgrade to that version. Hey, there'll be a 5.7 that's going to come out one of these days. You know? Really quick, before we pray for all of you, I want you to just stand, go ahead and stand up. One of the things, another thing that the Lord is doing with us, you know, in the past the church would shoot its wounded. And the Lord really wants to get rid of that. So I just right now... I just had a dream this week where I really feel like the enemy wants to take out weak, weak people and people in weakness and in bad places. And I just want us to quickly put your hand on the person next to you. And I just want you to release what you've got, okay, right now for one another because we're the body of Christ. And this is another one of the things in the manual is it takes the body, the whole body, to get through this thing together. It's not about some man that's got it all, okay? So, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, we call down heaven in this place, Lord. And, Lord, I ask you for every person this morning that's lying in weakness, Lord, that the enemy would want to take out, Lord God, that we just call down heaven right now, Lord, and we just ask you to release power and strength and mercy and grace and loving kindness, Lord, and all the good things, Lord, that you want to give us, Lord God, all the good things that you want to encourage and spur us on in, Lord God. Lord, that we would cease to be the church that would want to just shoot its wounded and leave them laying to the side because they don't measure up, Lord, or not living it the way we think they should live it, Lord. Let that power, Lord, just let power come be endued from on high right now, Lord. Every situation in this body that we are facing in weakness, Lord. All the imperfection, Lord. Just come down in power and strength now. Lord, use the body to heal rather than to kill. Use the body to heal rather than to kill, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're asking you for those downloads now, Lord. Let them come. Let them come. Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the things, keep holding the person next to you if you can. One of the things, one of the people that you have to, you have to embrace is yourself in weakness. You know, a lot of people have a hard time embracing themselves when they're in a weak spot, when they're when they're down, when they're hurt, when they've messed up, or when they just feel rejected or, or are rejected, just blown it. And God is, you know, that's one of the people we need to embrace today. Because a lot of that revelation of Christ and Christ's scars is the body of 
a body that's scarred up, a body that's been wounded, a body that's been hurt. So it can be a body of healing, a body of power. Lord, we just ask you that right now, Lord, that, that we wouldn't disqualify ourselves. Those in this room who feel disqualified or, or feel rejected. and Lord, we just ask you now to break off that thing that, that pushes them out the door, that break off that thing that, that makes them just want to run away. Lord, that thought that's out there, or probably that thought that's in there, Lord, you know, as we just, you know, have this heart to peace on earth and goodwill towards each other, goodwill and peace, give yourself that peace and give yourself that goodwill. Lord, we ask you to clear the air this morning. Just clear the air of all that negative stuff. That's, just, let's clear the air. Just clear the air. Let's just get all that old negative, them negative, negative vibes out of here. In Jesus' name, we, we condemn all that negative. Lord, we just ask you for that, the love the grace, the peace, the goodwill. Let those be the vibes, Lord. Let those be the revelation. Let those be the thing. The atmosphere of heaven, Lord. We pray for that this morning. I pray for the atmosphere of heaven in this church. That this church would be a place where heaven's atmosphere would be real, be manifested. Lord, I believe there's more. That you have more. Let's just ask the Lord for a moment. We believe there's more. God has more. He has more revelation. He has more power. He has more glory that He wants to reveal. Mm. Release it, Lord. Release it, Lord. Release it, Lord. You know, we don't want to disqualify ourselves from being the people that God wants to move with. God always seems to find people in barns to move. It's It's those people that are huddled up in barns. That he seems to show up in barns. I've seen that. I've been in a barn in a dream, and the power of God was like unreal. I've never been in something like in a natural, but it was it was absolutely the most glorious and frightening experience I've ever had. God's gonna do that, but it was in a barn. See, that's where he comes. We need to stay barns in our heart. Jesus came, was born in some type of barn. We don't know exactly what type, but that's where he was born. Glory was born in a low place. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for any kind of attitude of high and mighty when we despise our weakness. Lord, we just just cast all that down in Jesus' name, Lord, and just receive, receive that poor in spirit heart, Lord. That you walked around this earth with, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. You know how you end is how you begin. We're ending this in here until next year. We're beginning with something new and fresh, I believe. A new grace. A new revelation of peace. A new revelation of righteousness and joy. A new revelation of healing power. New revelation of prayer of what David Rummis said, sincere prayer. Sincere prayer. Prayer that changes things. Thank you for that testimony. So if you would like that, 
you know, you can come around here as you leave. And if you want, we're just going to, I'm not going to, we're just going to give you the, we'll grab your hand. And by faith, receive those manuals from heaven. Just receive them by faith. And God will give them to you. God will give them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we'll just release it now.